If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. During a tropical storm, a highway becomes a raging river. 911, what's the location of your emergency? Trapping a young mother and her children. I'm stuck. I'm, I'm, I'm on the feet. No matter how fast it was moving, we needed to get them out of the car. And there's kids in there. Beaumont, Texas, 85 miles northeast of Houston. The town sits on the basin of the Natchez River. In an average year of rainfall, more than a billion gallons of water flow through the basin. As a crow flies, we're probably 30 miles from the uh, Gulf of Mexico. We're about 40 miles from uh, Louisiana. Even though we're in Texas, we're just right hop, skipping a jump across the border. Kenny Bond, like most people here, has strong ties to the water and the weather. His parents were commercial fishermen who made their living on the Gulf of Mexico. We're Cajun town, everybody hunts and fishes, we all have boats. Around June, hurricane season gets cranked up and it runs all the way through November. You're a little bit on edge and you're keeping an eye on the weather daily because it looks great and then all of a sudden, just like that, something pops up and it can develop quickly. When Hurricane Harvey hit in 2017, the Category 4 storm spawned multiple tornadoes and flooded entire communities. Kenny used his airboat to rescue people from their homes. You just never dreamed you could see anything like that. Everything was flooded with chest deep water. Come on, we're gonna get you out of here. That changed me forever, Harvey. Hello? Anybody love? Two years later, September 17th, 2019. It's late morning when Tropical Storm Imelda forms over the Gulf. Imelda makes landfall in Freeport, Texas with wind speeds of 45 miles per hour. But as Imelda moves inland, it weakens. Three to five inches has fallen around Freeport for us this evening, and there'll be some spots here where double-digit rainfall is going to be very, very likely. Imelda continues to dump heavy rain, but most residents believe they've been spared a major disaster. Our local weatherman said, this is not a Harvey. Y'all need to all calm down. It's not going to be like that. Kelly Toops lives with her family on a farm near the interstate that runs between Beaumont and Houston. It's old family property. There's one driveway down the middle of two brick homes. My daughter lives in the little cottage, the little sewing cottage. And what I love about it is that we have very few neighbors. But the horrors of Harvey are branded in Kelly's mind. When that hurricane struck, it nearly totaled their family farm. They're still living in a mobile home while they slowly rebuild. Now Kelly watches Imelda with some anxiety. 
I started filming the rain. I started checking my landmarks to see exactly where we were going to be. People all day long can try to determine what the weather's going to do, but the weather has a mind of its own. 20 miles east in Beaumont, Kenny Vaughn gets a weather alert on his phone. Flash flood warning throughout the area until the next day at 4.15 AM. I called a friend of mine and I said, I know this is going to sound crazy because we didn't think we'd ever see another Harvey, but if this continues, we need to be ready. When Kenny's 19-year-old daughter, Faith, hears her father talk about volunteering, she sets her sights on helping, too. Back in 2017 for Hurricane Harvey, he left me at home for all the rescues, and I was mad. I wanted to go help him, like, really, really bad. And so when this happened, I knew that, like, I had to get out there with him. And as night approaches, Imelda hovers over southeast Texas, unleashing a band of thunder, lightning, and nonstop rain. Kelly Toop's property is sandwiched between a wide drainage canal and the highway. And there is a massive ditch at the end of the overpass by the interstate that's very dangerous to cross in a boat or a vehicle or anything during floodwaters, and there's really no other way out. Her mobile home sits at the back of the highest point of the property on cinder blocks, but floodwaters are rising fast. When Kelly sees the water breach their 18-inch flood wall, she knows they're in trouble. The water at that point was not in our mobile home, but had already flooded my daughter's little cottage, both the neighbor's home and the garage, and we knew we were facing a Harvey all over again. Kelly's deepest concern is for her two adult daughters and her one-year-old granddaughter. She calls her son, Wacy, who is volunteering in the nearby town of Winnie. And he said, Mom, I can't get through. They were in a high water rescue truck, and he said, we can't get through. We, we just can't get to you. And I said, I don't care what you have to do. Come get your sisters and your niece. Come get them. Kelly evacuates her daughters and some elderly neighbors to the safety of their mobile home and waits for rescue. There's not a lot you can control in that situation other than making the call for help and waiting for the help to come. September 19th, 1 AM. Rain is falling at more than six inches an hour when firefighter Skylar Johnson and his crew launch their boat into the water. Skylar posts a message on Facebook on the way to Winnie right now. Message me for help. We didn't know where we were going to go at this point in time. We just knew we were going towards the flooding to help people. The water's rising really fast. Flooding out cars. Highway 124 going through Winnie was completely submerged. Then Skyler runs into another emergency volunteer, Kelly Tube's son, Wacy. He told me that his family needed help. Their house had already flooded halfway up the structure. My phone rang on Facebook Messenger, and it was Skyler. And he was calling, saying, I'm coming for you. How do I get to you? Conroe, 40 miles north of Houston. It's still dark out when 25-year-old Robia Massey begins her morning commute. She's driving a co-worker along with her four young kids, Jaden, Kanitra, Jason and Mariah. It was pretty much like most mornings. I was going to drop them off at daycare and go to work, and then 
pick him up. Robia has seen the weather reports, but she's still caught off guard as she approaches the feeder exit off Highway 45. That's when I realized it was flooding really bad. I turned on to the feeder, and my car instantly sunk into the water. At the Conroe Police Department, Officer Richard Cruz is beginning his shift. The Marine veteran has been with the department for 12 years. We're sitting in roll call. You could hear the rain actually hitting the top of the building. And then the uh, 911 calls started coming in. 911, what's the location of your emergency? It's Robia. I'm stuck. I'm, I'm, I'm on the feeder. I'm, I'm, OK, the feeder at where? There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. For 48 hours, Tropical Storm Imelda has pummeled the Texas Gulf Coast. Not with hurricane force winds, but with a relentless deluge of water. The interstate about 40 miles east of me is shut down from Winnie to Beaumont, Texas, because of flooding going on. And now some of these rainfall totals are rivaling what we saw two years ago with Hurricane Harvey. The skies are still dark when Kenny Vaughn gets a call from a local fire station. And he called and said they had some people in a jam. Then I have the equipment, I have an airboat, and so sometimes life presents you an opportunity. We can't not do it. As he's hitching his airboat to his truck, Kenny's daughter, Faith, insists on going with him. As soon as he got up and said he was gonna go rescue, I was like, I'm coming and there's nothing you can do about it. He told me that it might be a little bit cold and windy and uh, it was gonna be a long day, but I didn't care, I wanted to be there. Airboats, you need two people to function because they don't have a reverse and they don't have a rudder. I knew she wouldn't be worried or afraid on the boat. As Kenny and Faith set out to perform rescues in Beaumont, 90 miles west in Conroe, five police officers are dispatched to the scene of a life or death flood emergency. One of our dispatchers said that there were children trapped in the car with the water rising over the hood of the vehicle. Several officers are wearing body cams as they race to reach Robia Massey's car in rising floodwaters. A lot of the roads were blocked off because of high water. It was kind of trying to work your way through a maze, uh, very low light, a whole lot of rain, so visibility was really difficult. Robia stays on the line with 911. Okay, what type of car are you in? I wasn't understanding why they couldn't find us. I could hear the sirens all around us, but still, you know, no one had found us. Take a deep breath for me. Take a deep breath. Is the water coming in your vehicle? I'm scared it is. It's my car is moving. And okay, up. that's fine. Okay, we're getting help to you. I just remember kind of switching back over from panic to, to mom mode, knowing that my kids were watching me. 
I'm trying my best to be strong. It's water in my car now. It's water in my car. I feel it in my feet. <laughs> the water was rising inside of the car. It went from being just on the floorboards to actually reaching the top of the seats. I was just thinking that maybe I would have to climb out on top of the car so at least, you know, we wouldn't drown in the car. And there's kids in there over there. Help them. Look, they're drowning over there. Please, man. Over there, look. We saw that vehicle way out there, realized that the current was a lot stronger and a lot deeper than what we originally anticipated. I knew no matter how fast it was moving, we needed to get them out of the car. <sighs> we individually started wading through the water, trying to get to the vehicle as fast as we could. But then we realized that there was no way that individually we could actually make it to the car because of how fast the current was coming. The officers quickly devise a plan. Hey, I just want a chain. Officer Garcia suggested that we all link arms and form a chain. Police body cameras filmed the entire rescue. Officer Tosto was in the front. I got behind him. And as we linked up, we kind of had to straighten our, the chain out towards the vehicle's passenger front door. The water was fast enough that there was large debris going past us. And if it hadn't been for Officer Cruz holding me there, then I probably would have gotten washed away. But after we started getting closer to the car, we started trying to tell him, hey, it's OK. We're going to get you. Stay calm. We're coming to you. We got you right here. We got you. Pass it back. Pass it back. The officers reach Robia's car and begin to lift each of her four children through the window. We got you! There's no way that we could let go. If one of them was actually to fall into the water, they would have been swept away down to that, that storm drain. Um, thank God they had a line of policemen, so we were able to hang on to each of them so we can make it safely to the park. I just kind of sat there in disbelief of, you know, what happened. I just couldn't believe that we had just experienced that. Good job, big man. Good job. Way to be brave. Give me five. Boom. 90 miles east in Beaumont, Kenny Vaughn and his daughter Faith are determined to help however they can. There's a very specific reason why we do it, and it's love. And I'm not talking about the feeling of love. The feeling of love is the fruit of love. Love is sacrifice. But even Kenny, who was born and bred on the bayou, has never seen a flood like this one. We ran down what's known as Washington Boulevard and Langham Drive. And that was just what was so surreal that there was three, four foot of water in places I'd never seen water before. The big canals, which are really tributaries of the major bayous and rivers, were flowing like rivers. You have to be focused. Airboats are very dangerous by nature. Not just running through flooded streets, you're running through power lines. There's fire hydrants barely under the water surface. There's vehicles under the water. But what's going through my mind is, am I getting there quick enough? Off to the west in the town of Winnie, Skylar Johnson is on a crew with two other emergency responders. They've been out all night navigating through the treacherous floodwaters. The sky's still breaking loose. It's still dropping rain, heavy, lightning. Everything's pitch black. They desperately try to find their way to Kelly Toop's farmstead. I had coordinates to where Kelly and her family were. We'd skim the water and see 
mailboxes and fences, propane tanks that were leaking, hissing. It was so dark, but you could hear the cries of horses off in the distance and pastures drowning. I was giving him landmarks, and I don't think he was seeing the landmarks because they were underwater. I knew that we were in trouble because we have seven steps on our mobile home, and we were at about five. He sent me a message saying he couldn't find us. It's been two days since Tropical Storm Imelda came ashore, lashing Southeast Texas with relentless rain and heavy flooding. I didn't think a tropical depression was gonna be this powerful. I mean, I'm shocked. And look at the rise of water, y'all. This water wasn't here an hour ago. In Beaumont, the water has risen to five feet in the streets and in the homes. Kenny Vaughn and his daughter Faith are on the water searching for people who need help. Try to find the, the people that are most in need first, get them out, and then you just start making runs in and out as fast as you can. There you go. They told us that we thought we were going to die here. And um, to be able to help them out of that just desperate situation. Hey, look there, baby. How you doing? It was really cool. The stranded victims are everywhere, not just people, but pets. I saw a dog. He was perched up on the hood of a car. And I told my dad, we need to go look over there. Like, look, it's a dog. Come on, buddy. A lot of these animals were just swimming around in circles, looking for the highest point of ground that they could get on. I wonder how long he swam before he found that air conditioner. At her farmstead near Winnie, Kelly Toops and her family have spent the night trapped inside their mobile home. I was at full panic mode by that time, worried about the girls and the baby. And then I will never forget, I was standing on the porch, and I saw this little bitty beacon lights on this little bitty boat coming up the road. And I just remember telling him on the phone, you found us, turn, we're right here. But when Skylar Johnson and the crew finally reach Kelly's home, it's obvious their small boat cannot rescue everyone at once. Transporting Kelly's two daughters and her daughter's child was the most important. We were gonna get them out of that situation first. I grabbed his life vest and I pulled him close to my face and I told him he would not want to live if he let my daughters or my grandchild drown. That my daughter would not be able to live if anything happened to my grandchild. And he never stopped looking me in the eyes and said, yes, ma'am, I understand, and I will lose my life to save them. Skyler and the volunteer crew returned three times to evacuate Kelly's family and elderly neighbors. I have a super, super strong faith in God, and I knew that if we were meant to be found, that Skyler would find us. Back in Beaumont, Kenny and Faith pilot their way through the neighborhoods hit hardest by flooding. I couldn't imagine, like, just going to sleep one night and waking up and everything that you have be gone. God bless you. Oh, God bless you. The first thing I do is just tell everyone from the boat, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving until you're out. I can't get everybody at once, but I'm going to make as many trips as, as it takes. 
Hey, we're coming back. Okay. We just take them to the hotels, drop them off. We just go back in time after time, and there'd be 10 people outside their houses waving their arms, saying that they needed help. Be careful. Y'all help her. It's one of the most moving experiences of my life. Every color, every shape, every form, every everybody. We're hugging each other, we're grateful for each other. Before it's through, Tropical Storm Imelda disgorges more than 43 inches of rain in Southeast Texas. Five deaths are eventually linked to Imelda. Robia Massey considers herself lucky to have survived, thanks to the officers who put their own lives on the line. I'm very grateful. I mean, if it wasn't for them, I'm not really sure how the situation would have played out. Still, many of the Texans who came to the rescue of their neighbors don't call themselves heroes. I just do what every other good American cowboy from Winnie, Texas would do. I didn't get to see Scholar for a long time, and I hated it because he can't possibly imagine how heroic he was that night. He took that pressure and he ran with it. I mean, he's a hero. One of the best decisions I ever made in my life was to go help people. It's a beautiful awakening to the power of love and human compassion. It's, it's amazing, man. It, it is God. Coming up, a twister bears down on a family. Just within seconds, there were just trees laying down. It was very fast. There were four of us that didn't get under that stairwell. An amateur storm chaser pulls off the road to check his radar and realizes to his horror My ears are popping. that a twister is right on top of him. We're in it right now. We're in the tornado. The truck was starting to spin and move at that point beyond our control. The winds are 200 miles an hour. All I could think about was my wife and my baby boy at home, and I've got to get home. Ferndale, Arkansas, 16 miles west of Little Rock. Once you get into central Arkansas, you have a lot more trees. It's a little bit more uh, mountainous, more Ozarky. Where the farms used to be now, subdivisions are, it's slowly being urbanized, just like really all of America is. Ferndale is extremely small, but it's, it's just this little nugget. It's, it's beautiful. In 2001, Carrie Tittle and her husband, Rob, purchase a wooded lot here. They build the home they'd always wanted with lots of bedrooms for their nine kids. Their ages range from 21 to six months. And uh, we homeschooled. So we found this really pretty place, five acres, little stream. And, you know, the little extras, like a garden and chickens. Sunday, April 27th, 2014. A powerful cold front that began in the Rockies is marching its way across Oklahoma and into Arkansas. 
The forecast calls for golf ball-sized hail and possible tornadoes. By 6 p.m., Carrie makes sure all her children are safe at home. It's a precaution she takes on nights like this one. We knew that there was gonna be something because this particular storm system they've been watching for days. We had a small room under the stairs, which is what they usually tell people to go. The older kids are on the back deck with their phones, taking pictures of the sky. Oh man, I saw that one. Oh. It was very calm outside and uh, there was just a lot of odd lightning. I just had a feeling that I needed to tell them to come inside. 30 miles northeast on the outskirts of Mayflower, amateur storm chaser Cotton Roshob and his fellow chasers have their eyes on the sky too. We had a really good vantage point on the side of the interstate that we could see across a pretty wide valley there up in the Ozarks. Cotton has been fascinated by the weather since he was a kid. He and his team have been tracking this system for 48 hours, hoping for some action. We can't see anything from here. We need to get to the river. Oh. It's just hard to really explain, but there's a huge adrenaline rush when you see Mother Nature producing storms like that. Mayflower resident Donald Greer has seen enough tornadoes in his 80 years to be concerned about the incoming storm. I watched a tornado go through Highway 365. I just stood out in my backyard and watched it. And uh, it was a good three or 400 yards. He and his wife, Helen, have been married for 41 years. Meeting her was a gift from God, I think. And so it didn't take me long to know that that was what I had to do, to stick with her. In his retirement years, Don and his wife have built and sold a string of houses in Mayflower. They also built their own. Taking precautions, they reinforce a bedroom closet to serve as a safe room. I built it out of concrete blocks, put about a half a foot thick roof on it. When I called the lumber company, I asked for a storm door. Everybody put them up as storm doors by their metal door. You probably got them on your house. 7.06 p.m. A weak funnel touches down about six miles west of Ferndale. Within minutes, it is escalated to an EF3 tornado. Carrie Tittle watches the sky change color. It was just a really odd green, and three of the girls were on the back deck. So I called them in, and just within minutes, uh, not, I would say seconds, there were just trees laying down, huge. 20, 40-foot oak trees just laying down. Carrie and her husband, Rob, rushed seven of their nine children to the safe space under the stairwell. They scrambled to make room, clearing stored objects and tossing them into the hall. My husband and I were able to get everyone under the stairs except for Rebecca and Tori. Carrie and Rob are about to take cover themselves when suddenly the walls just explode and it feels like the house is about to be wiped off its foundation. It was fast, it was very fast. There were four of us that didn't get under the stairwell. 7.26 p.m. The tornado picks up speed as it churns its way north and crosses the Arkansas River. 
At their home on the edge of Mayflower, Don Greer and his wife Helen see the skies darken and immediately head to that bedroom closet. I closed the door and I had four bolts on it and I bolted them all and I heard sand hitting that door. It just sounded like somebody blowing sand on it. The couple huddles together in terror. And listen as the house is wrenched from its anchor bolts. It sounded like somebody was outside with a machine gun shooting at that door with bricks. And it started pulsating in and out, plumb off the hinges. So I started pushing on it. The last thing I remember is I looked down, I saw her looking up at me under my arm here. And about that time, there was a loud boom. Something hit that door and caved it in about two feet in the middle. It came straight back. On the other side of Mayflower, Cotton Roshaw and his team are taking a break outside their truck near Interstate 40. We decided to get back in, check the radar, and figure out our next destination. And we saw the debris ball sitting over uh, Lake Maumelle. And this was a bigger debris ball than I'd ever seen, you know, on, on our radar. But Cotton realizes this powerful storm system is roaring toward his own backyard. I saw the position of the debris ball on the radar, and I knew my family was eight to 10 miles as a crow flies from the projected path of the storm. He starts the truck and races to beat the twister to his home. It's definitely different when it's heading your direction. It impairs your judgment and causes your adrenaline to take up another notch. As he's speeding on I-40, the National Weather Service issues a warning. We got a new tornado warning, Central Wake County in Central Arkansas until 8 p.m. My ears are popping. But the warning comes too late. Yep, we're, we're in it right now. We're in the tornado. In his rush to get to his family, Cotton has miscalculated his position. The tone of the sky became just immediately this ominous dark. And then the pressure uh, in the cab of the truck dropped. Oh, crap, we're in it. Yeah, we are. We're in it. April 27th, 2014, Interstate 40, Mayflower, Arkansas. Yep, we're, we're in it right now. We're in the tornado. Cotton Roshaw, an amateur storm chaser, has made a potentially deadly mistake. We came in completely hotter than we normally would on a storm like that, just because with all of us living in this vicinity, we decided we got to get home. Now they watch a wedge of churning debris overtake the highway ahead. We realized we were in it, so at that point, you go into survival mode. Cotton and his team hunkered down on the floorboards of his pickup. We could hear this loud, crashing sounds. It sounded like we were in a car wash, but the car wash, instead of brushes, were chains just hitting the side of the vehicle. The truck was starting to spin and move at that point beyond our control. In that moment, uh, without even thinking about it, I instinctively started praying, uh, myself and the other guys in the truck with me. And that was what I heard in my mind as we're going around in circles. 
packing winds of up to 200 miles per hour, the tornado is tossing cars and trucks from the highway. The windows on Cotton's pickup truck shatter. You're in the palm of his hand, and it's whipping you about, throwing you around. There's glass everywhere. All I could think about was my wife and my baby boy at home, and I've got to get home, and I'm through doing this. 20 miles northeast in the town of Bologna, Pastor Wade Lentz is sure they've managed to dodge the storm. We were not in that very warm, sultry air like you would have during storms. And so I kind of felt like, nah, they, they've missed this forecast. And others kind of felt the same way. Earlier that afternoon, Pastor Wade's congregation at Barrel Baptist Church had given a newly built home to one of its members. So we were just uh, excited for this day. The Lord had done a great miracle in providing this, uh, this home debt-free. Now, as his wife Amanda gets their three young boys settled in for the evening, Wade turns on the news. It is destroying just about everything in its path at this point. So dangerous tornado in progress, very close to the Valonia area. And sure enough, tornado on the ground headed to Faulkner County, Bologna area. We saw the video of when the tornado crossed I-40 in Mayflower. Yet Wade still sees no reason to worry. Three years before, in 2011, an EF2 tornado had struck Bologna. Well, I just had it in my mind that tornadoes don't take the same path. You know, it's almost like, does lightning strike the same place? I just said, what's the odds in that? It's not gonna hit here. Finally, his wife Amanda issues an ultimatum. And about that time, she grabbed my then eight-month-old son, and she said, we're leaving, with or without you. I said, well, I'll, I'll go. By now, the sky is menacing, and the winds are howling. We gather our kids and headed out the door to my mom and dad's place. They have a basement. And at the same time, we have a, a dog named Oreo, a rat terrier mix, who was just going crazy, just going berserk. Of all the storms that we've had, he never acted like this. In the last minute chaos, Wade decides to leave the overexcited dog behind. I was telling Oreo, Oreo, get down. You know, we'll, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. But it was almost like he was saying, take me. Don't leave me here. And what do I do? I, I leave him there. The storm was traveling at 45 miles per hour, and it was already storming. By the time Wade gets on the road, he knows he's underestimated the danger. It was thundering, lightning. It was dark. It was scary. We should have left earlier because the storm was on us. Back in Ferndale, Carrie and Rob Tittle have rounded up seven of their nine kids in the stairwell of their house. Their older daughters are helping them secure all the other children. They were trying to help make sure everyone was under there as well. I mean, it happened so fast that, you know, they didn't even get a chance to get in there. That's the moment when the tornado rips the house 
completely off its foundation. I just remember there was debris everywhere and very quickly I realized what had happened. In April 2014, an EF-4 tornado tears a path of destruction through central Arkansas. As the ferocious winds bear down on Carrie Tittle and her family, seven of her nine children are sheltered in a stairwell. But two of them are still in the hallway with Carrie and her husband, Rob. I mean, it, it happened so fast that, you know, they didn't even get a chance to get in there. I just remember there was debris everywhere. And very quickly, I realized what had happened. Her husband, Rob, 14-year-old Rebecca, and 20-year-old Tori are killed. My husband and my two daughters were just real close to me. We were all kind of close together, probably within about six or seven foot of each other. And they had already passed away. I mean, it was just as... It was just as quick as that. Gosh, it was just a helpless feeling. My other children were, were just all in shock, and, but I knew, instinctively I knew that they needed medical attention. All that remains of their two-story home is its concrete foundation. I didn't know what to do, and we had found this huge hole <laughs> that a tree was in, like a root ball hole. And I put all my kids in there for safety. One of my older daughters saw lights, so she took off running. 50 miles northeast in Valonia, on the other side of the tornado's path, Pastor Wade and his family return home. When I came to the end of our road, I saw that there was no home left. That was a very sobering moment for me because I knew how close we were because of my stubbornness. And Oreo, the family dog, is nowhere to be found. My kids were crying. And they said, Dad, you killed our dog. And I, I was crying because I should have taken him with us. In nearby Mayflower, Donald Greer and his wife, Helen, thought that they'd be protected in their safe room. It's all that's left of their house. But the storm shelter door just buckled in the wind and struck Helen, killing her. It knocked her back against either my gun safe or the uh, concrete wall. Killed her instantly. She was laying on her hands on the side, and I could see the, that her eyes were still open. She wasn't moving. A few miles north on Interstate 40, storm chaser Cotton Roshab and his team rise from the floorboards of his pickup. It seemed like an eternity, but I'm guessing it was probably a minute to two minutes, but it was the longest minute or two minutes of my life. The interstate is littered with overturned semi-trucks, stranded cars, and injured motorists. Need help! Someone's stuck! That's when Cotton realizes he's been injured by flying debris. I'd been hit in the head by an iron. They used to use them back in the old days. It hit me in the head, and I had a little knot and a little blood and everything coming out of that. 
but Cotton and his friends are lucky to walk away, reasonably unharmed. A few days later, Cotton retrieves his truck from the towing yard. This is the inside of the truck. See, it came down pretty hard. Uh, just the grace of God saved us. That's, that's just all it is to it. In the end, the tornado blazes a 41-mile trail of devastation. 16 people are killed, making it the deadliest tornado to strike Arkansas in 46 years. And it's Cotton Roshaw's last outing as an amateur storm chaser. This is the iron. I purposely haven't cleaned it. It still has some of the, uh, the mud and fiberglass and everything stuck onto it. I keep this as a reminder on my desk every day. Uh, I look over at it and I'll remember, uh, uh, make better choices. Yeah. Donald Greer builds a new home, but it's hard to adjust to life without Helen, his wife for over 40 years. I still haven't figured out why it just killed my wife and didn't kill both of us. To tell you the truth, I wish it had them. But like I said, I'm gonna live my life out. The good Lord left me here for some reason. After the tornado, Don is contacted by the National Storm Shelter Association, and they analyzed Don and Helen's storm door. They tested that door and uh, said there's no way it'd stand up to wind like what hit it, you know. 200 mile an hour wind against a door like that, it ain't got a chance. The NSSA now takes steps to educate the public and help consumers find doors built and tested to withstand tornado force winds. Pastor Wade's family is graced with a silver lining when two days after the tornado, guess who reappears? Now, Oreo weighs probably 15 pounds at the most. How he survived a direct hit from a tornado that had winds of excess of 200 miles an hour We'll never know. Carrie Tittle grieves at the loss of her husband, Rob, and two daughters, Rebecca and Tori. Although she builds a new house nearby, Carrie has kept the wooded lot in Ferndale where her family lived. It's been hard to let go, and uh, that's what we've done. We've just kept it. It's sad. There are a lot of memories here. For weeks after the tornado, Carrie receives an outpouring of support from people who are moved by her family's story. It was the community of Little Rock, and it was Arkansas, and then it was the nation. We just had a chance to tour some of the areas that were devastated uh, by last week's tornadoes. And then it was global. They were just a vessel of God's grace to us. It was, it was amazing. Like other survivors of the tornado, that flood of goodwill has helped her get by. I know that I am far more in a deeper walk with my faith than I was before the tornado. God has just shown himself over and over and over again. 